0: All right, 1 John uh, chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3, I want uh, just the first three verses this morning. 1 John chapter 3, if we want to title the message it would be the comfort and confidence of being God's children. If you have it open, 1 John chapter 3, let's begin uh, reading verses 1, 2, and 3. It says, Behold. That's an interesting word. It means pay attention. Look at this. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Uh, Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is, and every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Now our text deals with this this wonderful love of God and, and the eternal blessings that are those who have been adopted into God's family. Uh, now, we're adopted through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ by our faith in him. Uh, there's no greater comfort than knowing that you've been accepted in the beloved, that you are a partaker of, of divine inheritance, uh, that in Christ you will inherit all that Jesus inherits, and and that will happen through him. So when all... All of life is falling down around you. This hope may be all you have to hold on to, but this hope is all you really need. As I worked through this passage, I thought of the love that, that should be found in, 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 in a home. It's not found in all homes, but you know, uh, when a home operates as God intends, then love is both felt and love is shown. Uh, a home is to be the place of comfort and security and hope and love it's a place where all you know are accepted because of who they are not what they possess they're accepted as 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 who they are not how well they perform and the home surrounded by a loving family is a special place Um, it's proven that children excel and and acclimate to life better within this stable home environment and of course the benefits of home and family are more than we can number but being a part of god's family is no exception but it's um um, uh, infinitely better i mean every believer belongs to the family of god now only believers belong but every believer does and I want to examine the, 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 the certainties revealed in this text regarding Christians. And, and, and we're going to look at the comfort of being God's child. And we're going to look at the confidence of being God's child. So again, look at verse 1, where he says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath, be, hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, uh, because it knew him not. Okay first let's 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 look at the reality of this says behold what manner of love the father hath bestowed now take a moment to consider everything and you only have a moment so do it quick okay of everything that's wrapped up in that thought of the love that god has bestowed i mean consider the manner of love that is offered to you from god the father The love that we enjoy is much greater than the love offered anywhere else, whether it's the world or or your own family. The love of God, it's supernatural. It's not of this world. I mean, its character and very essence is so much different than anything else, anywhere else. It is wonderful condescending love of the eternal father uh that that such as we could be called his sons i mean we are by nature the heirs of sin and guilt and the curse of god and we are by practice children of corruption and disobedience and ingratitude it's it's strange that through christ a holy God is not ashamed to be called our father and is not ashamed to call us his sons. And we know that love is one of the great attributes of God. And this speaks of, of that agape love. Love that is unique to God himself. And it's without merit or boundary. It's, it's love that exceeds all sin. I mean, it is God-given that we could never deserve and 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 really don't even desire to have a lot of times but it's given freely by him through Jesus Christ I mean imagine the manner of love that he has for us Now let your heart swim in the deep end of that pool next time you have a bad day that he has bestowed upon you love that's the reality Now look at the reception. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. It's amazing when you think of it that God has bestowed such wonderful love on you. Have you met you? God loves you. You're the recipients of this love. This is has the idea of giving of, of, of one's own accord with the intent of good goodwill. God God purposely chose to extend his love to us. He did it on purpose. He chose to love us of his own accord. He wasn't forced to do it. He did it willingly. He willingly chose to love you. How can we not stand amazed at such love freely given. I mean again, I I know me. I certainly am not worthy of any love from God. There is no way I could earn any love from God. But he chose to love me through Christ anyway. We try to consider all that God is. How can we not be amazed that he would love us? I mean, I'm amazed that he would love sinful humanity to begin with, but he does. And that establishes the next thing. It's a relationship. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God because of his great love, because of the sacrifice of his son that enables a relationship, the saved are now the children of God. We are literally and eternally part of God's family. We've been adopted into his family, and we are as accepted if we know Christ as Savior, but only if we know Christ as Savior, we are as accepted as Jesus is accepted. I'm going to summarize the thoughts of a guy named John Phillips. He has a commentary on 1 John. He states that there are three ways for you to become part of a family. Okay? First of all, you're born into the family. That's the uh, life principle. You know, We just had another granddaughter. Yay! Uh, and then she was born into the Rhodes family. All right? that, that's how you end up. The second way is that you can be adopted into a family. You've got the life principle, and then you've got the law principle. The third way, which is how I ended up with two son-in-laws, and I still have mixed feelings about that, you know. But, yeah, it, it's just, don't know how to feel, right? Well, we can marry into a family, and, and, and that's the love principle, right? So you've got the life principle, you've got the law principle, and you've got the love principle all The saved people, everyone who has placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, enjoy all three of those. We are born into the family of God in John 3. We're adopted into the family in Romans 8. We're married into the family in Romans 7. Next time life tries to smack you down, you meditate on that truth. That you have been saved. If you've been saved through faith in Jesus Christ, you are threefold in the family of God. but at the end of this verse there is there is a rejection the end of verse one says therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not our relationship with Jesus Christ is special but it is not it is not universal everyone does not enjoy kinship with Christ not everybody belongs to the family of God only by faith in jesus christ do you become a part of the family of god we are not known we're not embraced of the world because the world does not embrace christ the world lost people the world system they can have no family relationship with us because it has no family relationship with jesus christ and this is a sad truth, but it's, but it's truth and it remains. Just as Jesus and the early believers were rejected, we will be rejected. We are being rejected by those who are not our family. Just as many in Jesus' day refused him as the Messiah, the majority today deny him as the Christ. So our spiritual family will endure for all eternity, but sadly there will be separation from some who, who, who we know as family in this life, but we don't know, uh, will not know them as family in the life to come. And that is sad, that hurts, that there may be parts of my family that are not my family. And that ought to challenge us to do what we can do to reach those that are separated from Christ before it is literally, eternally too late. Look at verse 2. He says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear, what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear... We shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. John speaks here of of our presentation. All right, again, there's comfort and and there's confidence in our relationship. Look, first of all, at our position. It said, beloved, now are we the sons of God. Now, John is speaking of a current state of the believer. So now, right now, right now, without waiting for death, without waiting for the second coming, okay. right now we have a present dignity and a present duty. Even though there's greater joy to come later, right now a believer is in the family of God. Right now, Christian, you are a child of God. And this isn't something that we look forward to becoming a reality in the future. No, it's something... You know, it's, it's not something that we hope will transpire one day when we, we, you know, earn enough obedience points with God or something. No, it's right now. Even as you sit there this morning, right now, if you've trusted Jesus as your Savior, you are right now a child of God. This gives us comfort right now it brings security and confidence right now and it brings security and confidence when this life reaches its end see children don't have to wonder whether they'll you know be able to come home or not been married for 34 34 years right okay 34 years i'm still welcome at my mom's house why because i'm part of the family okay the same is true for believers we are currently We are right now. We are from the point of our salvation, God's children and all God's children will be welcomed home. But then look in verse 2 at our our anticipation. It says, And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. Now here John kind of deals with an issue that, that we've all pondered from time to time. We've wondered what in the world did Jesus really look like? we wonder how did jesus appear in his glorified body we wonder what our bodies will look like when we get to heaven it's, it's got to be better than this right well, well well the truth is we 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 can't know i mean john knew christ personally john knew christ intimately and yet he didn't know for sure what believers would be when they entered into his glorified presence better than this oh absolutely but what exactly just not quite sure but that's okay see this 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 doesn't create cause for alarm or anxiety though there is there there there's much that we don't know but but we do know that god is good we know his love for us is immeasurable. We know the peace and joy we have in fellowship with Christ our Lord. So regardless of what we will be, we'll be in the presence of Jesus. And it will be all joy when we meet the Lord and spend eternity with him. We don't know what it's going to be like, but we know what it's going to be. And that's got to be enough for us. There's going to be, secondly, a transformation here, Again in verse two, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. At the moment of our, of our salvation, we were spiritually resurrected. We were new creatures in, in Christ. Spiritually, the old man died, and we were born anew in the Lord, but, but the flesh was not changed. We still have this body of flesh, and we continue to inhabit a body that is prone to sickness, is prone to disease, is prone to deterioration and sin. First John chapter 1 made that obviously clear to say otherwise is to lie, but as we grow and mature in the Lord, we are transformed into his image spiritually. But when the Lord appears in the clouds and calls us home, we'll be transformed physically as well. We'll lay aside this old body of flesh and we'll take on brand new glorified body. When Christ appears, all the saved, whether dead in the grave or alive, will be caught up to meet him in the air and receive these new glorified bodies, will be transformed so that we can be in his presence. Philippians 3 verse 21 says, Who shall change our vile or base body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself, even this body of sin is going to be transformed it's going to be changed so that i can be in the <laughs> presence of my jesus and for that there is jubilation it says for we shall see him as he is this is going to be shouting time you know we we, we don't like to you know amen a whole lot which is fine i don't you know, it, it's. But how can you not shout? We can't begin to imagine the joy we're going to experience when we meet the Lord in the air, clothed with this new glorified body. And, and you know, Paul confirms that to be absent from the bodies is to be present with the Lord. And I'm convinced that the saved enter the very presence of the Lord when they leave this earth in death. Uh, but, 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 but there's going to be a glorious time. As as the redeemed by grace, the redeemed by faith in Jesus Christ, meet the Lord face to face. We will behold the one who bled and died for us. We will be eternally free from the presence of sin. Free from Satan. Free from the hindrances of this life. And what a day, glorious day, that will be. Now, look at verse 3. John speaks of our sanctification here. He says, And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. In light of everything, in verse 1 and verse 2, John leaves us a challenge saying you're going to see Jesus face to face for everything he has done for you, is doing for you, will be doing for you. There's a challenge in life to seek purity and righteousness. There's there's two motivations to be pure. The first motivation is is the past work of Christ uh, that was able to save you, and the second is a future work of Christ that is sanctifying you. Remember that once you get saved, God's work continues in you throughout your life. Look at the confidence we have here. Every man that hath this hope. Every saved person has this hope. Now much of what we've talked about is beyond our ability to comprehend. God just hasn't given us all the information we can't fully grasp all that we will experience as we meet the Lord face to face whether we meet him in the air or we're called from the grave but we're assured of our current position and our current love from the Lord as his children and even though we can't fully comprehend it we can still rejoice in it I don't have to understand it all to know that it is settled He's the anchor of our soul. Complete victory has already been won as he died in that cross, rose victoriously from the grave on the third day. Even though I can't grasp it or explain it, I am more confident of my future with him than I am in the next five minutes. but that confidence ought to motivate me to do something. It says, every man that hath this hope in him, in Christ, purifieth himself. Everyone who possesses such a marvelous hope, we're challenged to purify ourselves before the Lord. This is part of our sanctification. The hope here is, 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 is the Christian hope of someday being like God, the Lord Jesus in respect to his glorified body and and when it says in it means really upon the idea of resting of, 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 of hope resting upon him or hope set on him now this isn't to say we're never going to sin or come short of what the Lord desires but we're going to earnestly seek to live our lives in a way that pleases him because we hope to see him one day those who are born again in Christ, walking in fellowship with Christ, cannot enjoy sin. You know, children are chastised for sin. We're called to heed the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and as the Spirit guides us, we are to follow. Because we love Christ, we should live to please Christ. Let me illustrate it with this little anecdote. It's a little silly, but it, it paints the picture, okay? A group of teenagers were enjoying a party, and someone suggested they go to a certain restaurant for a good time. And uh, one girl said to her date, I'd rather you take me home. My parents don't don't approve of that place. Afraid Mm -hmm. your father will hurt you? One of the girls asked sarcastically. Well, no, she replied. I'm not afraid my father will hurt me. But I'm afraid I'll hurt my father. She understands the principle that a true child of God who is experiencing the love of God has no desire to sin against that love. One commentary says this: As to the expression purifieth himself, it means the words are not to be taken as any work for or work to keep your salvation sense, as if a man could purify himself. Apart from me, the Lord says, you can do nothing, John 15:5 the man who purifies himself has this hope resting upon God. This mere fact implies a will to purify himself, not out of or or independent of this hope, but ever stirred up by the accompanying of it. That means you hope you know that you're going to see Jesus face to face one day. And that motivates you to live now as pure and righteous as you can with his help he goes on so that the will is not his own sprung out of his own nature but the result of his christian state in which god also ministers to him the power to carry out that will in self purification you don't want to disappoint the very jesus that saved you who you will see face to face there's a comparison here in verse three it says even as he is pure Jesus Christ is our example he set the standard that we are to follow as much as is humanly possible again we are to imitate the life of Christ he is the standard of excellence in righteousness and purity and there is no fault or sin found in him and just as Christ is pure we are to seek his righteousness we're to seek his purity another commentary says it is a contradiction to such hope. Remember the hope to see him? It's a contradiction to such hope to indulge in sin and impurity. And therefore, as we are sanctified by faith, we must be sanctified by hope. That we may be saved by hope, we must be purified by hope. It is the hope of hypocrites and not of the sons of God that make an allowance for the gratification of impure desires and lusts. Now let's let's, let's bring this into perspective. As I compare my life to the life of Christ, I realize that I have failed miserably. There is so much work that needs to be done. I will never achieve the level of righteousness that he possesses but it serves as a standard to pursue. There's always room for improvement. And and we ought to pray that that, that we seek to become more like Christ as we serve Christ. The hope of being like, like Jesus Christ ought to arouse in us a determination to be pure like him. And this brings into play the will of the Christian to carry out that resolve to make sure it happens. It is independence, not independence, but independence of the Holy Spirit that the saint puts sin out of his life, keeps it out, because he hopes, he knows to see Jesus face to face. And how can we like sin how can we indulge sin how can we put our arms around sin when it is sin that nailed our savior to the cross how can we how can we love sin the very thing that caused christ to have to die in order to save us If we we hope to see Jesus face to face, we will cooperate with God, the Holy Spirit. We will learn God's word so that we can work and cooperate with him in purifying us, making us more like Christ. Because we're going to see him face to face. And how can we not do what we can do to get ready to see him face to face? this this passage i mean it carries some some challenge but it's a comforting fact passage that, that 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 brings great confidence to us we've received much more than our minds can comprehend how do you wrap your head around the idea that you're going to get a, a new body no, how, 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 how do you understand that, that, that God's going to call us up in the air? How, how do we get our heads around the idea that we're going to stand before a holy God face to face? I do know I belong to the Lord. That much I know. I know that I have been positioned within the family of God. I know that I will meet the Lord in the air one day, receiving a new glorified body. I don't know how, and I, I, and I don't know what it's going to look like, but I don't have to. Now, as we consider everything that we've gone over, I'm challenged in my walk with the Lord to pursue purity, to pursue righteousness, and to pursue holiness at a whole new level. I want to honor Christ with my life. I want to resemble my Lord. And isn't isn't that the key? We're to resemble him see this this passage deals with reality the position of the believer and the guarantee of our future is more certain than anything you experience in the physical realm we are assured a place in heaven throughout eternity because of our relationship with jesus christ he is the only way to obtain comfort and confidence eternity awaits everyone but apart from christ it will be just as dreadful for those who have denied christ as it is joyful for those who have received him so let me ask where do you stand in your relationship with jesus christ today Have you been adopted into his family by your faith in Christ? Is Jesus right now changing your life as he pulls you into himself to become more and more like him? If the Lord were to call you right now, are you certain you would meet him as one of his family? And if not, Then you need to seek him while he may be found. If you have not come to Jesus Christ in faith, asking him to save you, then John three, John three says you're condemned already. And that when you pass from this life, you will not pass in as a child of God, but as God's enemy, rejected of him for all eternity. And the best that you deserve is a lake of fire for your transgression against his law. But it doesn't have to be that way. He extends to you an offer of salvation. So seek him while he may be found. Come to him as, 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 as the Lord leads you today. He is, he is the sure hope. But he is the only hope. Jesus himself said, No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you will go to heaven, you must come through Jesus Christ. And if you do... And you're adopted. You're born into the family. You're adopted into the family. You're married into the family. Then you are family. Stand with your heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, this morning we want to thank you for the encouragement, for the promises that we see in your word for all who believe such peace, such joy awaits us a new body forever removed from the presence and penalty and power of sin to stand before you the one who has loved us so deeply thank you for your tenacity in loving us and Father may this be an encouragement to us when, when life gets sour when things seem to go wrong, when we feel weak and overrun, Father, may your Spirit remind us that we are yours and we are yours for eternity. Father, again, we pray for anyone here that does not know Jesus Christ as our Savior, that, Lord, you will convict them of their sin, of their wretchedness, of their rebellion against you, and that, Father, you will work to bring them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Work in them to humble themselves. And, Father, as we often pray, I pray that you would make them so miserable in their sin and rebellion against you that they, that they can't help but throw themselves at the feet of Christ, begging to be saved from their sin. And, Father, thank you for the promise that if they do that, you will indeed save them. In order to that end, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Keith, would you come?
1: 391. 391. 391. Sorry about that, folks. we sing the last um, i hope that the the first line of the i'm so glad i learned to trust him if uh, if you don't trust the lord or haven't trusted the lord or not sure hope today would be the day of your salvation let's sing the last and we'll close i'm so glad i learned to closes.
0: God, again, thank you for what Jesus has done for us. We
1: pray in his precious name. Amen. Amen. Oh, it's Are you guys going to stay for uh, lunch? lunch? Oh, okay. Alright,
0: alright. Good. So, so they, now they have multiple ones kind of did them by by so sort of like, it like elevation was three, elevation okay. was okay. four. was So Oh, oh, oh. oh just
1: Good to see you again. She gave me you your phone number. <laughs> 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 and
0: she's got money
1: for you.
0: Okay, so I'll text you.
1: Uh, Matthew Henry, that's funny. I I live on his uh, I live on his uh, I read those commentaries.
0: All
1: right, all Oh, I'll i don't uh,
0: uh, a 5 minute uh, well, there's another sunday i so, uh, uh, will get a hold. Yeah. Uh, I'll start that's Eve. the Christmas. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah.